Hi, I'm Katie, and welcome to Hey It Gets Better. This is the podcast where I chat to people about the ups and downs of their lives and how they got to where they are now. Life can be pretty tough sometimes, there's no escaping that fact. But at Hey It Gets Better, we're all about talking about the journey. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and remember, hey, it gets better. Hi Gabby, welcome to Hey It Gets Better. It's fantastic to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. I am so excited to record this episode with you. Perfect. So if you'd just like to take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners. Absolutely. Yes, of course. So uh, my name is Gabby Mendez. I am the founder of Talk Twenties. If you've not heard about us before, uh, we have uh, the Talk Twenties podcast, uh, which is a podcast designed to support 20 somethings with all the stuff they didn't teach you in school about becoming an adult. So we cover topics like uh, buying a house, understanding mortgages, or you know, sorting out your finances. But then we also talk about things like mental health and body image, um, building a career in different areas and different industries. Um, and we, you know, we also done a podcast recently on living sustainably. So all of these issues that you know you probably don't really come to understand or even want to really develop and understand until you become an adult. But then where do you go for this information? So we. We started off with a mission to want to create events for 20-somethings where they could hear from inspirational people. They could It could be a great day out with their friends that they could really enjoy speaking to lots of different people because it's also really hard to make friends in your 20s. So we, we started off with this idea of events, but sadly, coronavirus happened and we could no longer do events. So hence why we launched the podcast. We have an online blog as well, and we're about to release online courses at the same time time with a view to fingers crossed doing events at some stage in the future but still very much carrying on going despite this global pandemic but other than that you know I am I work full-time as well as an event manager and um, when I first graduated from university I'm sure we'll cover it a little bit more in the podcast but I went down the route of training to be a teacher and found that it really wasn't for me um, and you know experienced you know a really challenging time in my early 20s hence the reason why I wanted to set up this business to support other 20-somethings out there. So so yeah, I'm, I've moved to the Northwest. I'm originally from down south in Gloucestershire. I moved to the Northwest of England, very happy up here. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me really. Fantastic, thank you so much. And for anyone who's interested in Talk 20s, I will have all the links to everything they offer down in the show notes. <laughs> thank you for that introduction, Gabby. Um, and there's so much for us to cover in this episode. So I'm just going to, you know, get to the question that I ask everyone really straight away is, you know, what challenges or difficult decisions did you have to make to get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many. I feel, <laughs> I feel like in your 20s, it's difficult decision after difficult decision after difficult decision. It's so like, you know, you think when you're choosing your subject to study at A-level, that's a hard decision. You think choosing the university you're going to, that's a hard decision. But wait till you graduate or wait till you get out of your world. <laughs> and you have to decide, you know, what kind of job you're going to go into, you know, what kind of um, company you want to work for, you know, are you going to go traveling? Are you going to buy your first house? Like, you know, there's so much to it. So, I think for me, like the challenges that I had to overcome was, you know, I, I went to university and I studied education 
Um, and it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't a degree um, that taught you how to be a teacher. It was more like the psychology and sociology and history of our education system. And so, you know, most of my course did go on to be teachers, but I just, you know, I didn't feel like that was really what I wanted to do. But I'm, I must admit, I panicked when I when I graduated and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do next. And my mum was like, you'd be a great teacher, Gabby, go and be a teacher. You know, you'd be wonderful. It's a steady career. You know, you'll work your way up. So I went and did it and it was hell, like absolute hell. And it just, I feel like a lot of people found it hard, teacher training, that it's not an easy thing to go through at all. Um, any teacher trainer, any uh, trainee teacher will tell you that it's a really challenging year of your life. But I think why it was so much more challenging for me is because it didn't feel right for me. Like I knew I was doing it not not for the right reasons. You know, I wasn't doing it because it was my absolute passion. But still, education has such a big part of, you know, what I'm about. But I just felt like there was a huge gap in the market for something that was supporting people like me at that moment in time, people who felt lost, people who didn't um, feel like they knew what their future was in front of them. So, you know, I left and I, I, I tried to find a career that felt a little bit more suited to me. And the events world is much more suited to me. It's much more um, business orientated. And I do have quite a business head on my shoulders that was kind of lost when I was in the teaching profession, because there's no element to, to business at all in, in, in the teaching world. Um, and so yeah, so so I moved into the event industry. And whilst I was in the event industry, I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be if there was an event out there that could, you know, that was for 20 somethings, like they could go to after they graduated from university, because there's absolutely zero provision. Once you leave university, it's like, basically, here's the great big wide world off you go, which is a scary thought. But imagine there was something that you could point you in the right direction, you could feel like you had, you know, the right support. And so I started to work up this idea in my head. And just as as I'd about to gain the confidence to to kind of do it, coronavirus hit. So immediately another challenge and another hurdle put in front of me where, you know, meeting in person wasn't a possibility anymore. And I had to quickly pivot. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, we launched our own podcast and stuff like that. But, you know, it has been a challenge and, and across across the, the years since, you know, I've graduated, you know, mental health has been a big challenge. Um, and there's been good points, bad points. And yeah, it's, it's I, th- I feel like, you know, your twenties are a roller coaster, um, and and sometimes you're you're on a real high, and sometimes you know things aren't going so great for yourself, and it's just about getting yourself out of those dips, a hundred percent. Wow, there's so much brilliant stuff there. It's you know there's so much really we can really like delve into that. Like I'd love to talk a bit about how you know you became a teacher and then you pivoted. I think there's like this wrong assumption that if you have a degree in something, then you have to go into it. It would be interesting to know how you got into events from teaching. So I, in order to, to kind of leave the teaching profession, so I did two years in the teaching profession, one training year and one NQT year. And I was happy to walk away from it at that point because now no one could take my teaching qualification away from me. So if I ever did want to go back into the teaching profession, I have that option. Whereas if I'd have left after the one year, I wouldn't. So I kind of spurred myself on to try and get that two years and I'll I'll be honest the first year was a real challenge the second year was a lot easier I was in a better school um, I was in a nicer school I had great colleagues that I'm still really close to now so that did make it 
make it a better transition for me and made made it more bearable to do it for the kind of the two years but when I left I I kind of you know you're as a teacher you're paid up until the end of end of August so um I enjoyed my summer knowing that I was still getting paid and I kind of thought I'll worry about it when I'll get to the end of end of summer now that is obviously a big risk that I took but I'd been you know I'd been in school and working towards something my whole life. And I just kind of felt like, you know, I wanted some time to just, that was just for me. And I was fortunate that I could do that. So yeah, I started looking for jobs kind of the last week of August and into early September. And I applied for everything. And if I'm honest, I wanted to go into media. So I wanted to go into like TV production. And I told myself, that I really wanted to work for BBC Children's, which was, you know, I wanted to work in TV for kids. And that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something kind of media related. So I tried my hardest. I added so many people from the BBC on LinkedIn. Sorry to all those people who've probably still got me on LinkedIn. Uh, I contacted them on a number of occasions and I got so far in the interview process but I didn't have a media degree behind me. So if I'm honest, they were probably confused at why, why this person, what kind of what kind of reason have we got to hire them? So if if I'm being perfectly honest with you, I didn't get the job. So I had to kind of look at other options and was like, well, actually, did I really want that? It was, you know, I'm based in like Liverpool and it was a drive to Manchester. It was quite far away for me. Like, did I actually really want that? And it's, you know, production, TV production is ad hoc work. There's no guaranteed money. Like I actually didn't really want that lifestyle when I got down to the, the nitty gritty of it. So I really looked at like, well, what is it I'm looking for? And I was looking for something that was kind of still really relied heavily on my organization skills, still was in the media world. So wanted to kind of have that kind of media aspect of it and something that kind of would allow me to grow quite quickly. Like I knew that, you know, being a teacher, I had grown up quite fast once I graduated and that was ready to kind of manage a team like I didn't want to start off at the bottom I did start off the bottom but I you know I knew I wanted to move up quickly so I wanted to look for opportunities like that um and I had previous work experiences where I'd been in an office environment and just really enjoyed working with the same team every day that were you know if you can find a nice office honestly it's the best feeling ever so I knew I kind of wanted to go back to that kind of feeling so I honestly just applied for tons and tons and tons of jobs um and yeah as an as and eventually landed kind of on events and I found a job that was a temp job um and did that for a few months on like minimum wage um and then managed to find the current position that I'm in right now and I've since been there for about 18 months now um and I'm absolutely loving the experience you know I've had lots of progression in the 18 months that I've been there I now run my own trade show um uh, for the company so you know it's kind of I kind of sat down and wrote down the skills and the things that I wanted and really kind of, you know, I, I, my, my, myself, I was telling myself that I wanted one thing. And when I actually looked down at my list of things I wanted, they weren't actually the right things. And that helped me kind of pivot and then land in the position that I am right now. I love how proactive you, um, you are in that sort of like what you're saying, um, because, you know, you didn't sit and kind of wait for the perfect job to like land on your lap you know, you took what was a temp job and now you're still there 18 months later having been like kind of gone up further in the ranks. And I think that's such an important thing, you know, no one sort of like graduates uni or switches career and has the perfect job land in their lap. You do kind of have to work really hard and like look actively look for it. Yes, definitely. I think it's, it's, 
you you do have to put yourself out there and be be also really open with your with your organization so you know I I told my organization my ambitions and I was open and honest with them and they respected that and have have you know supported me in that um and you know I think a lot a lot of it has come from the fact and the way that they that for the way that they look after their staff but I think the other thing is that you know I've had drive and determination to want to do that and they've only seen that as a good thing I think a company that respects you know your drive and determination is one that you should stay in and and make the best of 100%. That's really good advice and I'd love to take a moment now just to talk about mental health I've known we've both spoke um, to each other about mental health because I think there's there's literally like no resources kind of for when you graduate uni and you experience mental health problems there are some resources while you're in uni perhaps resources that might need a bit more funding depending on your uni but when you graduate it's kind of like you are sort of like thrown into the big wide world and it is a bit scary Mm -hmm, absolutely um when I look back at myself the year after I graduated like I was like a shell of myself I wasn't even I wasn't even Gabby like um it's it's actually really sad and really emotional when I look back at that because what I can now label that as is postgraduate depression but I don't think that's spoken about enough once you leave university so I think there's this real real big perception that like the world is your oyster you have so many opportunities and actually that thought like it's overwhelming like there is so much you can do and there's so much information out there and there's so many opportunities out there but you also can feel really overwhelmed by that. And if you take a path or get into a job that, you know, doesn't align with what you're, you thought you would be doing, you can kind of beat yourself up about it, about it. And I definitely did a lot of that. I felt like I'd made, you know, not the right decision to, to not necessarily listen to my mum because she was, you know, she was hoping for the best for me. She just wanted the best for me. But by not, you know, I, I learned so much from doing it. I learned so much from doing it. Um, I'm training to be a teacher but still like it just didn't feel right for me and you know when I was um, interviewing someone on my podcast a little while ago they told me like the furthest away you are from your ideal self so the self that you kind of see in your head the kind of person you want to be the more uh, you the more challenging your mental health will be and that really hit a kind of nerve with me because I knew that I didn't want to be Gabby the teacher I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I knew that I wanted to work in something media related and something different. Like I knew I, I, I don't want to say like, you know, meant for more, but meant for something different. I knew that wasn't my calling. Um, and I'd known that my whole life. So I think I was trying to pretend to be something that I, I wasn't, even though, you know, I could have got on fine and I could have carried on that way and could have lived that life. I don't think it would have been a happy one. Um, so I think at that moment in time, I was experiencing really bad anxiety, really bad panic attacks. Um, you know, I drive to work in absolute tears. I drive home in absolute tears. I have breakdowns over the phone. I, you know, even this just a simple thing as leaving the house on the weekend, I'd get so worked up about. It really was a challenging, a challenging time in my life, and it was probably challenging for my family to see me like that. It was definitely challenging for my boyfriend to see me like that. I think what's not spoken about enough when you graduate is that you graduate with kind of an opportunity. So here you go, here's your degree and a label, but it really doesn't 
mean anything. It's not, you know, a financial paycheck. It's not a job in, you know, in, in your, it's not a job in your lap. You still have to go out there and search for those things. You still need to go out there and find a job. You still need to go out there and find something to pay, to pay the rent or to pay whatever it is you need to, to pay the bills essentially. Um, and I think that's a big, you know, worry. Financial worry is a big worry when you are uh, just leaving university and that couple thrown in with everything else, it can feel like a lot, but it gets easier. Like I'm like, I'm here to tell you, you know, it gets a hundred percent. Hey, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) That is the name. I think that is literally like the reason I came up with the name, like after having my own problems with mental health and sort of, I think it's one of those things that when you are in those kind of experiences, when you're experiencing panic attacks every day, I mean, I've been there as well. And like, you know, it's like leaving the house is really hard. Mm. It's so difficult to see kind of like one year down the line, can things ever be different? Because you're kind of stuck in that mindset of the now and it's not good. And it's, yeah, it's definitely such a hard thing. And it's, and that's why I have this podcast. And that's why I'm so glad you're on it because you know, you're proof that it does get better. And I love how, um, what you said about, you know, finding the person kind of closest to who you want to be. I've never thought of that before. I, um, but it's definitely really true when you think about it. Mm-hmm, exactly. So kind of now I, you know, I do not struggle with my mental health, but I think that's probably because I am more like my ideal self. So the person that I really wanted to be, you know, I, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have bought my own home. I am fortunate to work in a a job that I really enjoy. I'm fortunate to have started my own business this year. And I think, you know, those goals and aspirations have made me feel, you know, happier about my situation. Um, and so I guess I'm more like who I want to be now. Um, and that and that will happen because as you move through life, you're more likely to make the decisions that will lead you closer to being that ideal self. It's just when you first start and you leave university and you're starting literally from pretty much the starting line and it's like a race, you know, off you go. But I think the other element of the challenges that you face in, in terms of your mental health in your 20s is comparison. So, you know, you look at someone else like I was... I was looking at everyone else who was doing their teacher training and thinking, why aren't I, you know, why aren't I loving it? Like they are like, they have bad days. Yeah. But they don't have bad days. Like I have bad days. Like they're not crying on the way home from work. Like why, why do they, are they getting on so well? And, you know, or, you know, my friends just got married, like, you know, that's amazing. Like, why haven't I got that in my life and stuff? And you start to get into this kind of comparison cycle. Um, And you really, I really, you really have to teach yourself like, honestly like compare and despair like you you are you and that is the most important thing and you cannot compare yourself to 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 other people's lives you just need to focus on on you and staying in your own lane and working towards your own your own goals yeah that's so important I mean I've only turned I'm only 21 and I've I've been like comparing myself like my timeline I saw someone um buy a house recently and I've also seen someone get engaged and I'm like I am nowhere near that point in my life like (laughs) 
and that, those steps feel so far away. You know, if you haven't got a partner, there's no chance you're going to ever, you know, get married or get engaged anytime soon. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, living in London, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but your chances of getting house are a little bit further away than maybe the rest of the country. So, you know, it is like looking at other people and comparing there's completely different circumstances and you cannot base your life off of what other people are doing with theirs. Like you really just need to focus on what you're doing. That is so true, especially about the house thing. I mean, my friend and her boyfriend, they are like Yorkshire based and they are like looking at buying a house and have a deposit. Me and my boyfriend are London based and we're like looking at Zoopla crying. That That is literally it. So, you know, like I said, like I, I said, like I'm, I'm fortunate to have my, my own house and I'm fortunate because I bought in the Northwest of England, like the house prices are, are affordable um, that that is achievable. But if I lived in London, there's absolutely no chance in in hell that I would be anywhere near to owning a house right now. Um, but that was something that I wanted as my ideal self. Like I wanted to be a homeowner. I wanted to get onto the property ladder. So, you know, I maybe couldn't have lived the London lifestyle because it was part of what I wanted to be who I wanted to be, if that makes sense. So, I do think that like if I'd have compared myself to my friends who, you know, have lived in London and living the London lifestyle or have traveled and stuff like that, you know, you have to weigh it up. Like, what is it that you actually want from life? Like, what is it actually you you want to achieve? And just focus on that. I think that's so important. And it sounds like, you know, and I definitely agree. There's def it's sort of like worth taking time to just reflect yourself on what you actually want and what is important to you I think you know someone it might be really you know money might be important to them and it's important for them to be able to go on holidays and travel and for them that's you know their ideal self and they make decisions to steer them more in that path whereas you know for example you might want to be like you said a homeowner so that would kind of factor in where you decide to live or and it just, you know, I think what you're saying about compar- comparing is just so true. And I'm kind of realizing how much I do it now as well. I'm like, oh, what? I was doing that the other day as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think we just, you know, it's, it's a natural instinct as human beings to compare our lives to one another. And it's a habit that we've got to get out of. But I think the other thing is that like social media is plays a massive part in all of this so you know everyone puts everyone says like obviously Instagram and Facebook and that it's a highlight reel you're you're telling people about the best parts of your life ordinarily unless you have a really different account but like most of the time you are putting on there about positive things that are happening you know I went to the beach you know I started a new job I you know I went out for a cute brunch like you're talking about all the great things in life and less often are we there going you know I had a really bad migraine today or you know I felt really crap about myself today like you, you, no one wants to put that out there like as much as they want to put out a p- pretty picture of their ex-Benedict so you know I think it's very I think it is you know the world is definitely you know you're comparing your your ordinary life with someone else's best bits you aren't comparing your life with someone else's life. You aren't because you're only seeing the best bits, especially when we're in lockdown, because in lockdown, you have even less of an understanding of what someone else's life is like. Like you guys don't know right now, I'm sat on my sofa, in my jeans, zero makeup on, hair in a, like up in a scrunchie. Like I do not look appropriate for camera, but like would I ever post that 
you know, on Instagram? Probably not. You know, would I ever tell you what I have for dinner? Um, because if I burnt the dinner, no, probably not. Like, you know, I think, I think people are always going to tell you about the best bits of their life and, you know, and they'll only show you when they've, you know, made the best lasagna in the world. You think, why can't I make lasagna? So, you know, it's one of those. Yeah. I really want like either lasagna or eggs benedict now, <laughs> but <laughs> making me hungry. I know, but what you're saying is, you know, really important, and it's sort of, it's just something to be aware of. Definitely, when you are scrolling through social media or when you're like talking to your friends and things like that, like everyone presents a different like image. And then I'm also kind of aware of it when I do it myself, like. Um, especially, you know, friends might be like, think, oh, you know, you've got this, you got this podcast, things must be going great. And it's like, actually, it's very stressful. And, and t- you kind of like, you know, having conversations and showing your own vulnerabilities has kind of leads to sort of like, not only like closer relationships, but you also kind of, you get the real talk with people when you open up about your own situation. Yeah, definitely. And I, that's why like, I like to I was talking about, you know, like certain accounts that are more real and more honest on social media, I tend to gravitate towards those accounts, because I know that they aren't just putting out all their best bits, they're also going to tell me, you know, if they've had, you know, a bad day and stuff like that, and how they've overcome challenges and things, because that's what I kind of want to, to surround myself with. So I think, the best thing you can do is, is make sure that, you know, the people you are following on social media, you are following for the right reasons. That is something that I actually like only kind of realised like about August, like I was following so many accounts of like glamorous people with like their summer bodies or by the pool. And I was like, I'm nothing like this person. And it made me feel rubbish. And then I realised, why am I following this person? Like it doesn't offer me anything. I don't even know them. That is something that's really good tip, I think, to like you know your feed is your feed make a feed that will make you happy by following accounts that will make you happy definitely have a great big cull go back through and look at your follower list and think you know what kind of emotions does it stir up when I look at this someone's account is it envy is it you know sadness does it make me question myself any of those things like you you unfollow them immediately you know, if it's a motivational, do I aspire to be like this person? Do they offer great advice? Do they share content that is vulnerable? Yeah, that's my checklist for, for you know, following people. That is such a good checklist. I'm going to have to like formulate that into like an Instagram post so everyone can see it and immediately do it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I also go over that, um, you know, every now and again, because, you know, you're always going to follow people and think, you know, uh, you know, you like one of their posts they do, but then a few months down the line, they they might not be talking about the same things that you've enjoyed their content for or followed them for in the first reason, uh, in the first place. And then, you know, you need to switch up. So I think just going over that every few months or so is a good idea as well. Yeah, and I think as um, one thing I do, which is, this is not good, um, but I tend to like, kind of go through phases where I really want to change something about myself that sometimes doesn't even necessarily need to be changed so like I'll either want to change how I look or I want to change kind of like what I'm interested in like I want to be kind of smarter and know more stuff about this and sometimes it's a good thing but sometimes I realize like I completely changed my Instagram and then like a week later or like two months later I'm like this stuff is outdated yeah definitely I think it's like 
keeping it up to date with like, you know, if you're still following the same accounts that you started following when you first joined Instagram, like ask yourself, like, are they still relevant to me right now? Um, and are they still, you know, making, you know, you know, my feed what I want it to be? And I think it's just questioning those things and making sure that, you know, it's what you, um, it's what you want to tune into every single day. Cause let's face it, we spend a lot of time on social media. So you want to be getting the right things. Oh yeah, no, my screen time is actually so embarrassing. Like I don't ever want to tell anyone it. I told my friend once and she had a way lower than I did because she probably has much more of a life and I was just very embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it's going up with things like, you know, coronavirus, we're all stuck in our houses. You know, we're not with our friends. So we're wanting to see what our friends are up to. So naturally we're messaging them. We're WhatsApping them. We're follow, looking at, at their Instagram stories. We're watching YouTube videos because we've broken something in the house and we don't know how to fix it. Like, you know, we are spending more time, let alone this whole Zoom, you know, world that we now live in. Um, you know, we're now attending events online. We're now doing family quizzes online, which I'm still going at, by the way. My family are still doing quizzes. We're in September now. I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're still going, you know? And, and, and yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things that like today, for example, I work from home now and I had five Zoom meetings all lasting between uh, about 35 minutes to two hours today, five of them. And that is a long time to be staring at a screen um, for that length of time. And I think it really it can drain you as well, having to obviously constantly put this face out online, like, you know, always be immersed in this digital world. So I think controlling what you can, like who you follow is such an important part of that, because, you know, time online is only going to increase across the years. So just, and there's obviously information overload at the moment, everyone is putting out things left, right and center. So you really need to hone in on what it is that you actually want to bear witness to and get rid of all the rest that is brilliant and definitely something I think I will take on board as well a lot more and like we've kind of covered it but um one thing I always ask my guests is you know when you are faced with like challenges all those difficult times in your life how did you keep going yeah definitely um I think you know it's it's determination determination and motivation it is is are two very hard things to kind of have in your life um and i think when you have low men like like poor mental health um it's hard to get determined and motivated um so what can you do in that that moment in time when you know your your mental health isn't the best and you you are feeling unmotivated and not determined but you know that you need to do that in order to get where you're going to go. So for me, things that I find really, really, really helpful is I listen to a lot of books on Audible. So I love a self-help book, absolutely adore a self-help book. Um, and so I make sure that I listen to useful, you know, books and read them, or if I love the book, or if I think it's beneficial to have it in physical, a physical copy, I'll also do that too. And I think it's always inspired me to then want to take the next step and to then put a little bit, you know, more of myself out there. And I think start on starting on projects that you feel 
really passionate about that are really you um, and the kind of the message that you want to put out into the world is also something that will spur on your determination. Starting Talk 20s for me, um, you know, my determination and my motivation for that so far has not dwindled despite, you know, working on this project for now, uh, uh, for now uh, nine months. It's been, you know, I've never, you know, I've never struggled to find motivation for it. That being said, there's been hard times when I've not seen where the future is going to take me with it. And, you know, friends have turned, I've turned to friends and said, what am I even doing with this? You know, how can, how can I improve this? I feel like I'm going around in circles and, you know, I've managed to turn my kind of mental health and my thought process around this kind of, you know, slump, shall we say, simply by speaking to friends. So reaching out and saying, I'm feeling this way. Um, and they've turned around and said to me, well, have you tried X, Y, Z and don't do this because have you thought about that? And, you know, and they really supported me. So I think surrounding yourself with a really strong network of people who, you know, have your back and will point you in the right direction when you need to be told. So they, you might not even be in a position right now where you need that advice, but knowing who to turn to when you do is such an important thing. Yeah. And I think I would definitely say as well, actually be honest as well when people ask are you okay because often your friends will know and kind of you know you have to let them help as well something I mean my friends all picked up on stuff way before I did and that is something I found is that if you're open and you're honest about it half the time they already know something's up and they're always willing to help yeah definitely I think you can you can definitely see, um, you know, if there's a deterioration in your friend's happiness, um, you know, if the way they're, if they're, you know, acting a bit stressed around you, like, you, you know, you know, human instinct is going to tell you that. So I think it's just checking in on your friends and saying, hey, you sounded a bit stressed lately. Um, is everything okay? And chances are, they'll probably tell you, no, I've been super busy and this, this is overwhelming me and that is overwhelming me. And be like, oh, is there any way I can help? You know, is there anything I can do to to make things easier for you. Um, and I think that's an important way to reach out to people. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd like to be that person for other people. And I like to know who those people are for me as well. So it's all, it's about, you know, giving and receiving in that respect. Yes, I love how you say as well, you know, it's kind of like a two way street. I mean, like all relationships, they're two way, they can't be one way. And, you know, because I know there's always like the mums of the friendship groups who you know put on this strong front and it's sort of like naturally you know it's okay for you to receive something now and things like that like it's definitely just remembering that every relationship is two-way definitely definitely and if it's only one way I'll be honest you have to cut ties at that moment in time so you know if someone is is draining uh, is draining you and I, I've been there believe me if someone is you know, draining all, all of your energy and they are taking, taking, taking from you and never giving anything back, that is, you, you know, you are perfectly okay to step away from that relationship and it will be hard. But I also think like in the long term, it is probably more beneficial to your mental health if you do do that. I love that you've mentioned that because I think that's something as you get older, you sort of, you you don't have as, you don't have as much time because you're working and the relationships you do invest your time into, it's really important that you're doing it, that not only are you helping the other person, but they're also like helping you as. So if you're in a, you know, a one-way friendship or a relationship with someone where you are doing a lot of the work and you have to start thinking, you know, 
you know, it's okay to cut ties. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes cutting those ties, like I said, is it can be really painful, you know, um, it can be, you know, something that is a challenge, but there's no need to be like nasty about the situation or anything like that. You don't need to tell that person that you're necessarily cutting ties with them. Just distance yourself from them for a little while and just notice and see if, you know, if that does make you feel a little bit better. And if it does, just distance yourself a little more because maybe, you know, that actually might be beneficial for you in the long run. But if you distance yourself and you feel like you really miss that friend, then chances are they are a great friend and you need to keep them in your life. But I think that's one of the things I've learned as I've gone through my 20s that sometimes, you know, people can, you know, use and abuse you for want of better words. Um, and those people, you know, you don't ha you don't owe them anything. So make sure that you're also not only are you vetting the people that you follow online, but you're also, you know, understanding and, and you're also um, looking at your own friendships and thinking, you know, is this a two way street or is just this is this just them draining all of my energy? But I think it's also important that, you know, there will be times when, you know, your friend will be at a really, really low point and you will need to support them and they will they will naturally take more of your time than, than they will give you. Um, and I think don't lose your friends at those points. Like, you know, if you've got to look back and reflect on the whole relationship and, and, and reflect on it as a whole, as opposed to just what it is like right now. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, if your friend is at a low point, chances are as well that you are probably going to want to help them like this isn't the type of relationship we're saying you should kind of like reflect on as mm -hmm. not get them not giving you everything because when you're in that position when you are low it's hard for you to give everything and that is that's when your friends need you the most mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you know you know those friendships are the ones as well that you know if you're in a you were in that position they would be there for you exactly. and I think that. That is kind of what, you know, as you get older, those are the friendships you value. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So if you know that friend would be there for you when they were in that situation, that, that's the deal breaker. That's what you need to, to make sure that you're aware of. Definitely. And it's just something I think as well you get, you kind of become like, you, it's to do with like self-love as well, I think, and self-respect you know, and how much you value yourself as well. Like who you spend your time with, I think, you know, it kind of comes, I think, with confidence and like the older you get, you know how you want to be treated and how you should be treated as well. Absolutely. And I think I've had many experience of this recently, but I think it's just knowing your worth and knowing what, you know, you deserve um, as well. Um, and I think as a young person, sometimes it's hard to do that because, you know, people will think, oh, you're young, you know, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z and stuff. And it's just really hard. So I think, you know, being confident in, in, in yourself is really important. So the more you can do that, the better. Um, and just like you say, like, like knowing, knowing your worth and I've really lost the point here of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> lost track of thoughts, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think knowing your worth is just the most important thing that you can, you can value and learn and learn to, to, to build on in your, in your twenties and your early twenties in particular, because the more that you know your worth, the happier you will become because you'll say no to the things that don't, that, that aren't valuable to you. And you'll say yes to the things that are great opportunities, um, for you. So yeah, absolutely. I think that you know it, what you're saying it just makes total sense and 
something I have realized as well, you know, doing this podcast and talking to people is in a sense, it's some of the things that about probably like, you know, a year ago or two years ago, I would have looked at as doing being selfish is actually looking after yourself. And I think that sometimes it can be skewered that often things such as putting, you know, taking out time in the day to do things that make you happy and recharge you, like, for example, listen to self-help books or to not go to an event perhaps with someone who you who kind of leaves you feeling drained. Those things, when I felt like when I was younger, that was viewed as selfish, is actually a form of looking after yourself. I could not agree more. I think that's so true. Um, I think especially if you're a person that likes to, to give to others as well, if you're quite, you know, a selfless person, that can be a really hard thing to kind of overcome and to, to try and be better at. But, you know, saying no to events, saying no to things that are going to, you know, take up so much of your time that you won't get time for yourself. You know, don't be afraid to say, no, I cannot do this commitment because, you know, I want to sit at home and have dinner with my partner or I want to sit and watch Netflix with my partner. Like that is a form of looking after yourself. And that is something that is, you know, important to you. And so you need to find time for it. But giving yourself to other people all the time is not going to be the best um, best for you and you may need to make sure that you're looking after yourself 100% that is so true and I think you know knowing knowing what's best for you is something that you kind of learn over time as well I mean for example when I first went to uni I would have panic attacks in clubs and drinking alcohol was you know it's not good for anxiety and it took me about a whole year to actually realize okay maybe I shouldn't be going to clubs and I was so worried that, you know, that would like kind of mean I would lose all my friends. That didn't happen. My friends were absolutely fine. They were like, we'd rather you be happy. And they're the moments where kind of it all clicks together. Like if you're surrounded with the right people and you are doing the things that make you happy, it will all be okay. Definitely, definitely. And I think in, in the same respect, like um, I never really prioritized my own health so you know I would I would put going to the gym on my to-do list but it was always the last thing I ticked off like and if I if I didn't get around to it I was like oh oh well it's just the gym it doesn't matter I haven't got around to it today now I wake up and okay I'm working from home so slightly different setup but I get that hour or half an hour of exercise done in the morning first thing so I know that I've looked after myself for half an hour in the morning before I've done anything else or anyone else and the rest of the day I've done something for me and then that has really helped me kind of refocus in in lockdown and 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 moving back into kind of what is normal life now because I have learned for in the past when I just get up and I go straight into my emails I go straight into work or I go straight into helping other people and giving myself other people, by the end of the day, I'm literally like an anxious wreck, an anxious wreck. And I can't, you know, I, I, I don't then look after myself. I literally just, you know, you know, want to go to bed or I've got a headache or something like that. But now that I've kind of reframed my day to look after myself first and then worry about everything else afterwards, like I start the day on so much more of a positive way because I I feel like you know no matter what I've I've given myself some time today 
I really yeah I that's something I really want to start doing as well is taking that time in the morning to sort of cut look after myself and give that time to myself I was oh I still am like I get up I go on my emails I start working and that's something I really want to do is kind of like get up and give have some me time definitely and like I would get up and the first thing I would do is check Instagram and like look at what other people are doing and have that kind of consume my morning and then I'd probably see something that would really annoy me and that would start my whole day off on like a bad note and then that would just frustrate me for the rest of the day but now I try and avoid looking at my phone as much as possible before I start doing my workout and I find that really really helps me reframe my day and make sure that like you know chances are I probably don't even get a chance to look at my Instagram for too long after I've done a workout and then get into the working day so it's reducing my time that I'm spending on the platform as well as reframing my mind to think a bit more positively so I think these are just things that you just learn over time and you know what your body needs most and that might be exercise that might be no alcohol that might be more time at home that might be social time you know some of some people need to to see friends you know and I think it's just listening to what your body's trying to tell you and giving it what it needs yeah that's so true I mean no one knows what you need better than yourself and that is you know and once you know that and you know what you need like you have every right to get it definitely like you are worth so much and so important to this world and the only way that you can give as much as possible to the world is by looking after yourself first amazing and I'm just gonna end this episode sort of how I end every episode is asking you um is there any advice that you would give right now to someone who's feeling like they're in a bit of a slump um or you know their life hasn't turned out exactly how they imagined it would be by this point what would you say to them I think coronavirus has been an example that life can change in the blink of an eye um so it's to look at for the for it's to look for the things that you can be grateful about So, you know, what are the things that you've got in your life that are positive at the moment? What are the things in your life that make you happy? Can you do more of them? You know, and then setting kind of clear goals and targets and maybe thinking about what that ideal self is that you want and how you can take steps and actions to get closer to that ideal self. So this person that you want to be, this person that you see yourself being one day, the person that you you hope to be, how can you get one step closer to that? And like, it can be baby steps, it can take you years, but just keep moving towards that. And I promise you, like things will get better over time. And you know, you've 100% got this, you've 100% got this. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it helpful. I really appreciate all the support I get for Hair Gets Better. It would be amazing if you could subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want some more content, then you can always follow us on Instagram at Hey It Gets Better. And for more stories of inspiration and resources to help you get through life, visit our website, heyitgetsbetter.com. I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, hey, it gets better.